Welcome to Bridging the Gap of Mental Health. Today's episode is an opportunity for us to knock down barriers to the world of mental health with an emphasis on health because isn't that what we all really want to see? One of the ways to decrease the stigma of mental health and move towards that health component is to have the conversations and realize we all have been affected by mental health. All of us who are living and breathing have grappled with seasons of anxiety, depression, and despair. The chances are great that you each know someone, more than likely someone close to you, who has suffered from suicidal ideations, bipolar, borderline, or schizophrenia diagnoses. In other words, we have all been touched by this once taboo subject. We all have a choice when it comes to this topic. We can ignore its impact, its effect, and stuff it down deep within us, or we can allow it to surface and seek an opportunity for mental health wellness. You see, there's something that's powerful when we keep things hidden and in darkness. That's where things can hide. That's where anxiety, depression, despair can grow. Our soul gives way to shame, identity crisis, and despair. But something powerful occurs when we give it light and we speak about it and we're heard. It somehow loses some of its power and its hold on us. So the next two episodes are my humble attempt to at least turn on the nightlight. Let's expose what prefers to live in the shadows and in hiding. And at the very least, may each of you know you are not alone and see this as a humble attempt to being a necessary and an ongoing discussion on a highly pertinent topic to the wellness of society and each of us individually. So today's episode, I've invited my friend and coworker, Lisa Troop, to speak about her own experience with mental health obstacles and her journey to seek wellness. Lisa and her husband, Paul, facilitate a support group called Refueling Hope for Parents of Depressed and Suicidal Children. They provide support through the process of hope and healing. So let's get started today. Welcome, Lisa. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate you having me this morning. So let's let me have you start by kind of sharing what your own personal experience is and how you kind of went about um, having that desire to help others. Okay. Well, um, I myself have personally dealt with um, depression and anxiety throughout my life and you know, when I was younger, I'm 50. And when I was younger, we didn't talk about depression, anxiety mm-hmm. as much as we do here in 2022. That's true. But I don't even think I realized I had anxiety till I was a lot older. I just thought that it was normal to have like a tight jaw all the time and mm-hmm. to have, um, you know, uh, feel extremely nervous sometimes when you come into rooms. But um, the, the awareness got better as I got older. But what um, really um, started to make an awareness of depression, anxiety is when my two of my children became, um, Mm -hmm. depressed and, um, that changes everything as a mother. So, um, both of my sons have gone through a real dark period with, um, depression. And, um, I know that there wasn't a lot of people to talk to about it during that time. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I always say that when you have, um, a child has cancer, you can put it on Facebook and folks are bringing you meals and, um, yeah. And so when, when, uh, you have depression, it's not something your kids want you to talk about. So you're, you're keeping it in the shadows and you're, Mm -hmm. um, you're really alone. So, um, there's, there's almost like more of a shame to it 
even as a parent, I think like for me, it's like you think, Oh, my kids shouldn't be struggling this way. If I had done yes, X, Y, Z. Absolutely. So I, um, I just remember thinking throughout the years when our, our kids were going through some of this, you know, I just wish I could talk to someone and, you know, as the years got, um, as the years continued, depression, anxiety has become thankfully more of a topic that we can discuss more openly, mm -hmm. but at the same time, it still is a private issue with a lot of people and right. for, especially for teenagers, yes. teenagers don't want everyone knowing what's, what's mm -hmm. going on with them. So, um, definitely, but a, a private issue, but I, over the years, I just kept thinking, I wish I had someone to talk to. So right. this is where kind of refueling hope, um, was born mm -hmm. is, um, kind of uh, just a group that we could uh, put together that parents could come in a safe place and be able to uh, either share or just listen to speakers that have ideas about mental health that can be supportive and helpful to um, families going through um, those situations with their kids. So. And I think that's so good because it goes back to that we need to have the discussions. We need to have the conversations. And like you mentioned, you know, back when we were growing up, you didn't talk about that. Like that was kind of a taboo topic. And it was like, you know, just deal with it, gut it out and make it through. Yes. And you didn't feel that openness, even in the church, like both, you know, you and I have that um, church background. You didn't talk about it at church either. Yes. And because somehow you weren't, Christ-like enough if you struggled with that. Yes. And I think we really did a disservice. Um, yes. The church did as a whole, um, but it's nice to see churches are now, some of them are starting to have those deep and meaningful conversations too. Well, we still have, you know, I still have some church friends that will still kind of think that we need to pray through some of this more yes. and that there yeah. isn't reason for all the time for um, seeing doctors or medication. I'm not always right. pro-medication, but, you know, there's a... Um, Depression is just illness like any other illness, and right. um, there's treatments out there now for everyone. Mm -hmm. But that's not where we're feeling hope is not not about us treating the the parents. That is just a place where parents can go for themselves. Correct. Because when you are a parent of depressed um, child, your focus is only on that child, and mm -hmm. this is a place for the parent and the parent only. And we focus solely on what their needs are, mm -hmm. and they are shocked when they find out that there's other parents there that they can be with and that they can um, feel like they're um, in community with others, right. and that really and not feel alone. Yes, and yeah. that absolutely makes them feel. Um, uh, comforted each week. And I actually, a friend that we work with was the one that came up with the idea for real feeling hope is that we have it on Monday nights. And that, um, I, when I was with my, um, kids, every single Monday was the hardest day because it was the day that we would have to go back to school and they'd say, I don't want to go to school. Yes, so yes. you kind of have to push them out the door and say, we're going to start this week again. And then right. you would just feel defeated. And then Monday nights is the night I would think parents want to come and say, mm -hmm. let's refuel that and give you some hope for the following week I that you can get that. There. So, yeah. I love that idea. So what, in your experience, like what were the common things that parents would come and kind of those myths that they had bought into? Well, um, I know for sure that, um, that they, um, definitely feel the number one thing that all parents think that's their fault. Yes. I had a pastor friend of mine that um, was the first person that told me about 10 years ago, um, I sat in the office and talked to him about our son for over an hour and crying about my son. And then he stopped me and he said, okay, for this entire hour, he says, you've never talked one time about yourself. Mm -hmm. And he says, and I just want to tell you something. He goes, it's not your fault. 
Yeah. And that's the first time someone had ever said that to me. And it's the first time I even thought that I had put all the blame on myself for my child's right. depression. And um, when I say that to parents that come to our group, um, there's usually tears or there's like some yeah. kind of relief that someone actually said that to them. Although I will say that even sometimes when you say it, there's still that guilt that's oh, always going to sure. be on your shoulders because you think I could have done something differently, especially when I've had two children that are depressed and you right. think, my word, what could I have done differently? Right. But we live in a broken and, and difficult and hard world. And I know that um, this is just how sometimes it happens right. and we can just only do the best that we can do it can and that each child that I have, I know I learn a little bit more and that I mm -hmm. hope that I can do better for them. So. But I love that, that at least it brought that idea of relief because in that freedom, like even though as parents, we would continue to probably in our mind rehearse that it's our fault or that, you know, shame ourselves for it to continually have someone, a support group that speaks into us and says the opposite. At some point, I think you begin to at least buy into a kernel of hope yes. and which is the refueling hope, yes. right? I mean, yes. you, you buy into that, that hope seed that says, okay, maybe this isn't just, maybe it's not about me at all, Yes, you know, and maybe I can just be there for my child. Yes. I would say the other biggest myth that we hear, and I know that other mental health uh, professionals have told me is that people are afraid to ask their kids if they are suicidal yes. or if they want, or are they mm -hmm. wanting to hurt themselves, cut themselves, they're afraid that if they ask that question, that they will um, then become suicidal. And that's right. absolutely not the truth. Studies and research have shown that asking that question actually helps prevent your child from becoming suicidal. Yes. And although it's painful and it's very difficult to ask your child that question, don't be afraid to ask it. Don't be afraid to ask it often and yes. have difficult questions and, um, and be prepared to just listen. Yes. Um, and if you can't answer everything and you can't fix this, you know, get, get professional help and, right. you know, get them in there and, and find a place for them, but be able to listen to your right. child, let right. your child know that you are a safe person to talk to about those things. And, and I love that you pointed that out because I'll be honest. I mean, I grew up in social work and I should have known that, but in my heart, it was like, Oh, if I say it, is that going to put a kernel of, Oh, this is what I should do, you know? Yes. And so when you had spoken that to me and another one of our colleagues had said that it was like, Oh wow. Okay. And I know with a loved one that I had, I actually asked that question, like, where are you at? Are you thinking of ending your life? And it was such a profound thing because that loved one was like, no, but thank you for asking. And it opened up the dialogue. And, and the other thing that I think is so important, maybe you can speak into this, is as parents, we want to fix things. Like we want to fix it and we can't fix it. And so what I'm learning very slowly, <laughs> I'm a slow learner, but what I'm learning is that sometimes we just have to sit in their pain. And that is so hard as a parent because you've spent your whole life trying to eliminate the pain in their life and trying to fix what's wrong. And now you have to actually just sit in the pain with them. But it's the best gift I think sometimes we can give them. Well, and I had a um, counselor, um, pastor that, that taught me something. And I think it's through... Um... I can't remember which, um, there's a group that has taught this over the years, but you can be a caregiver to people. Mm -hmm. You can love your children. You can sit with them and, um, do wonderful things for them, but you yeah. can't be the caregiver. The only oh, caregiver is that. them and Jesus Christ. 
I love that. And for me, that changed my life. Now, mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that doesn't take away from my pain. It doesn't, as a mother especially, make you still feel like you want to fix it. Not what right. can I do? But the hardest thing I think about depression and anxiety is there's no quick fix. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. You know, this could last months. This could last years. And sometimes, right. you, you know, and it, it's a up and down um, road. Sometimes Correct. you're going to have a couple of months where things are going great. You think this is good and then it's going to mm -hmm. go. And that's life in itself. Right. But it, it um, there's no quick fix and mm -hmm. you're definitely not going to be the one to fix it. And mm -hmm. um, they're going to be the one that's going to have to... to learn to, to work through some mm -hmm. of these, these issues that they're having. So, but you're just going to be that support. Right. Right. So I love that. And, and that speaks to me and kind of where my journey was with my kids who will be speaking in the next episode and, and just, you know, each of those relieving myself of the guilt and the shame that mm -hmm. was involved in that. Mm -hmm. And then, um, freeing myself up to just be present in their pain. Mm -hmm. And obviously, like you mentioned, direct them to the right resources. Um, if it be therapist, if it, you know, in some cases, like you mentioned, medication might be necessary. And, um, so it's just, it's looking at how do we surround ourselves with the best support system and going back to, I really liked your analogy of like, if it's, if you had a child who had cancer, you have a complete support team. Like it's not just a physician saying, okay, this is the medication we're going to give. This is what we're going to do. But you have social workers, you have counselors, you have people that are surrounding ministers, you have people that are surrounding you in that support system. And sometimes that's what's lacking with mental health. And so I think, you know, these conversations help because it does it does kind of eliminate the shame. If we're talking about it, like I said, that stuff that we hide, it has a tendency to grow. But when it comes to light, that, that that's where that hope kind of comes in, that there might be a better day. Well, and there's still absolutely a big stigma surrounding mental yes. health. Um, yes. The schools are just starting to understand that, especially mm -hmm. in um, Hendricks County. We're, we're getting a good handle on that in the schools, which is wonderful. Yeah. I've lived here for 15 years, and in the last five years, I've seen quite a, an uptick on on getting um, more mental health counselors in the school. Yes. We never had that before, mm -hmm. and that's a, a good thing. But there's still a ton of work to be done. and. Um, but we're, we're, we're working on it. We're getting there. Right. But we just need to get the word out to families. And that's what the other hope is. Like I've said, refueling hope is not um, going to, to fix anything, mm -hmm. but it is just a place where you can kind of sit. And, and we don't expect refueling hope to be a place where people come and um, have to speak. Right. Because I also know that there were times during my time with my children, I didn't want to talk to anyone. Mm -hmm. Um but to know that you're sitting with others that know what you're going through also mm -hmm. just feels good um, and listening to a speaker. Yeah. And if you have a question, but sometimes after the speaker leaves, uh, some of the parents will stay after the meeting. Mm -hmm. And that's where I'll see two moms kind of maybe hug and cry together. Right. And that's where we'll have, um, you know, those quiet intimate, moments. Yeah. Yes, mm -hmm. yes. We never introduce anyone. We never, um, you know, make anyone share anything ever. But right. um when they do, they always seem to feel relieved that they can yes. share a story. So. Well, and I think that goes back to, I love Brene Brown is one of the best when it comes to the concept of belonging. And that's what you're allowing. You're allowing a place where you can belong in the pain and in the hurt. And with that kernel of hope that, you know, life still goes on. Yes. And so I love that you're providing that. And I think, you know, I love to talk too, where you said you don't have to talk because- 
I think sometimes like we're all this conduit of love in a sense. And sometimes people are pouring into us and sometimes we're pouring out of ourselves onto others. And there's a season for both. So sometimes we just have to be poured into. But the goal is that after we've been poured into, then eventually we would be able to pour ourselves out for others. And so I love the idea that there's a season for both and timing for both. Well, and that's the, one of the biggest things when I was talking about refueling hope with families is I think a lot of people envision us sitting in a circle and yeah. with a clipboard going, okay, what's everybody's <laughs> name? And tell me how you're how feeling does that today. Make you How's feel? your kid doing? And I would be very uncomfortable with that concept as well. Right. But we try to have a different professional or a family member that's gone through this as kind of a speaker, but not necessarily a long um, talk, but kind of more of a conversation. Right. And um, we just kind of give them whatever topic they want to talk about. And then it just turns into, they, a lot of times they're sitting down with the families and just visiting about what they've gone through. And um, it opens up a lot of talk with yes. everybody. So, um, and like I said, there's been folks that have come that have never talked any meeting right. that they've ever been to. And that's totally okay. Right. So, right. but they keep coming back. It's, so, so it's filling something. Yes, yes, definitely. Yes. So, and then we offer resources as well, because, um, there's a lot of things we're learning each week about different kind mm -hmm. of um, therapies that are out there. Um, I'm learning new therapies that I didn't know were available to yeah. So, so where could people, if they're interested in their local, where can, can you give them a little information about where to find you and where your meetings are held? Well, currently, because of COVID, pre-COVID, we yes. had a great group going. We had consistent families, and we were building quite a rapport with our families. Mm -hmm. And um, I was very excited. And, you know, as the pandemic did for many, it kind of stopped a lot of things. And right. unfortunately, it kind of put a big dent in what we were, were building. Um, so throughout the last couple of years, we would meet and maybe one or two people would come and then right. we would have another close down. And then this past, um, winter, we had another big, you know, run yes. of it. So we have not met, um, in regular for mm -hmm. a long time. And so currently we are not, have not been meeting, but I'm looking at, because the summertime is usually when mental health is, seems to be at the healthiest for children. And yes. we don't usually meet in the summer. So we are looking to start meeting again in the fall. Wonderful. And so we are on Facebook at Refueling Hope. And Wonderful. so we will begin, um, start meeting in the fall and we'll, um, we'll have updates on there. And again. so if, if they are on Facebook, they can go to Refueling Hope yes. and join that. And I know I've looked at it and you have, even if you're not meeting, it's got helpful tips and yes. different resources yes. there. Yes. So even if you're out of town, that's something they could reach out to you through that. Yes. And, yes. and get some information about resources that they might want. Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. Any other places that you would recommend people go to as far as maybe some um, good websites or some good resources or good books that you would recommend to people that are going through this? Well, I don't have the website on me, but I know Hendricks County does have a whole resource page. I think you can go to Hendricks County, um, the county page, and then there's a mental health resource page for yes. all of it. There's wonderful counseling centers around Hendricks County. There really is. You can actually just message us on the Refueling Hope page and I can get you a link. Perfect. You can also go to refuelinghope at gmail.com and email me. And right now I've also put out there that we're not meeting regularly, but I would be happy to meet people for coffee. I Wonderful. have gotten a lot of phone calls. I have gotten a lot of emails and we're still connecting with families. Good, good. Um, I try to go to every kind of mental health um, meeting that we get invited mm -hmm. to and these kinds of podcasts right. and such. 
And um, there isn't really anything out there that we've heard for families. I think it's still, like I said, we're, it was so new that right before um, the pandemic, so right. we're building a new thing. So um, it, it'll be re restarting kind of again in the fall. I'm so but. excited. And I'm so excited that they still have you as a resource between now and then. So, um, well, thank you so much, Lisa, for coming and talking to us today about this really heavy topic. But like I said, the conversation is so needed to help these things come to light. And so I thank really, you. I really, really appreciate you having me. I did want to say before we, we yes. ended today uh -huh. that the one thing that we tell parents is that, you know, just like on the plane, when they tell you when the oxygen comes down, yes. that you're to put the oxygen mask on first, and oh. then you're supposed to assist your child. Well, as difficult as it is. Parents, please look at that, that finding that help for yourself. Now that I know that sounds like I've got to focus on my child, but what happens is your entire family is affected mm -hmm. when you are not getting the help that you need, your marriage, your other children. And if you can find any counseling or yoga or, you know, just that, that time that you need a way right. that you can rest do the best that you can in that. So, and, uh, reach out for, for help to a close friend or whatever you can do, but, um, make sure that you know that you're not alone. So I love that advice. That is wonderful advice for us to end on today. So parents don't forget to take care of yourself first so that you can be there in the pain for your kids. Yes, and absolutely. so thank you so much, everyone for welcome. joining for us and, uh, keep bridging the gap, everybody. And we'll see you next time. My kids will be joining us in the next episode to share their personal experience on mental health, especially in the lines of athletics and education. So go, go make your day great.